You are listening to episode number 80 of Wife Teacher Mommy, the podcast, the science of reading with Amy Nielsen from Planning Playtime. We're talking all about how the brain works and what the neuroscience and cognitive science are telling us about how kids really learn how to read. So let's get to it. Welcome to Wife Teacher Mommy, the podcast. I'm Kelsey Sorensen, a former elementary teacher and current homeschool mom. And even though I've been a resource creator since 2014, I've realized that printables alone aren't all you need in order to thrive as a teacher or homeschool parent. That's why I also created this show and got certified as a life coach to help you finally kick burnout to the curb and feel confident with whatever challenges come your way. With the right mindset strategies and new teaching inspiration, you're going to be well on your way to your best teacher life. Now, let's go. Welcome to Wife Teacher Mommy, the podcast today. I'm so excited to be here and do another episode for you with another incredible guest. Today, we're talking with Amy Nielsen, who is the founder and CEO of Planning Playtime. She is also just such an incredible person, an incredible, genuine person who I've known for several years now as we've connected through both having kind of education-based businesses, I would say. We met at a blogger conference, I believe was the first time, but now we've discovered she actually lives pretty close to me. And it's fun that we get to know each other, but really she is just such an expert on reading and how especially the little ones can learn how to read. And she has helped so many teachers and parents out there with helping their children how to read with her incredible play to read program and so many other things. I'm really excited to be talking to Amy today about the subject of the science of reading, because this is something that has come up quite a bit. It's a hot topic in the education community. And I'm honestly kind of surprised that we made it 80 episodes in without it being the main topic. Like I know I've kind of like mentioned it here and there, but this is our first episode where we're really diving into the science of reading. And I'm excited about this because even over the last few months, a bit more, I've been diving a lot more into how the brain works. I've gotten really fascinated with that with my certification. And I've started reading some books about the science of reading. And so when Amy brought this topic up, I was like, I'm really excited to talk about this. And Amy and I, when we, we were even talking before we started recording, we're like, I feel like we're kind of learning this along with our audience, but it's really exciting to learn and be on the cutting edge of all of this new information and how we can use it to level up our teaching. So really excited to be talking about this today. So let me tell you a little bit about Amy and read her bio for you before we really dive into today's interview. So Amy is the creator and the CEO of Planning Playtime, an international education company serving more than 2 million teachers and parents across the world. Her mission to improve outcomes and relationships by bringing play back into learning has led to videos with tens of millions of views on social media. One of her biggest missions is to empower every child with the ability and love of reading. I could not agree more, and I am so excited to have Amy here on the show today. So let's go. Okay, welcome, Amy, to Wife Teacher Mommy, the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with us today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. 
Yeah, I'm really excited to have you. Amy is a really awesome friend of mine. I love Amy. We actually live like 15 minutes from each other, but she is also the owner of the amazing international company, Planning Playtime. So she does so many amazing things there. So Amy, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you, like your personal, your teaching background, what you do to help parents and teachers now with Planning Playtime, all the good stuff. Oh, absolutely. Um, so my story is actually really weird, <laughs> uh, but I do weird. So weird's cool. I'm fine with it. Um, but yeah, I I am an odd duck in that I don't have a degree in education and somehow now run an international education company and help tens of thousands of you know moms and teachers all over the world. But um, yeah, so I had a really interesting background. I I only finished one grade of public education. It was kindergarten. <laughs> So that's my big like claim to fame. And um, and then, yeah, ended up just doing a lot of in and out of schools all over the country as my family moved all over the place and um, and did a lot of homeschooling and teaching myself in between and um, ended up like I kind of ended up just going to college um, when I like I applied to college when I was 15 and got into college um, started about a week after I turned 16. So I don't have a high school diploma and I don't have a GED. <laughs> And it's really weird because that's not normal for what I do. But um, but I did uh, go to college really early, and then and then I kind of just taught myself. And um, anyway, so got a college degree in accounting of all things. And then, but I I worked in schools like the whole time. I started teaching at a private um, high school when I was sixteen. Actually, I was teaching piano and music, and then um, was teaching in elementary schools as I was working my way through university, and was teaching reading. And it was so interesting and fascinating. And that's kind of how I got obsessed with, with play-based learning. And then I uh, had my own kids and was working with them and had some YouTube videos go viral. And all of a sudden, I have so many teachers from all over the world asking me for resources on, on using what I do, which is uh, play and bringing play into learning. And um, and so I, I here I am. And it's amazing. And um, it's just incredible that we have different backgrounds and we come at this from different spaces. And and I think I have kind of a unique entrance into this world, but it gives me maybe a, a little bit different perspective and has just been so fun to get to share what I do with, with parents and teachers all over the world. Yeah. I love your story and your background. And I think just what you've been able to experience really brings in a fresh perspective to like what all these teachers need and how you put together this like play to read program and like all your resources, all your reels you do. I'm just like, I learned so much from what you share. I just love what you do in your work. So it, it's doing amazing things. Thank you. That makes me so happy. And I, I have just this incredible team now too of, of teachers and we all get to kind of work together and build all these amazing things. And I just, I love it. It's I mean, who, how do you get a job like this? It's like the coolest thing ever. So it really is when you can, when you get to where you have your team and they get to help you because you have different strengths than they do. And it's so fun. It's so much fun. And I, I know one of your team members, Kara, she is amazing and yeah, just love her. Well, I guess the two Karas. <laughs> how do you do that when you, yeah, I know it's so confusing, but, um, yeah, they, they make the world like go round and I, <laughs> I'm so grateful for them. It's amazing. Yes. Okay. So what we're talking about today on the podcast is the science of reading, which is a super hot topic right now. And as we were even kind of talking before we dove into this interview, we we're kind of talking about how we're learning it kind of along with everybody, which has been really fun because it's been kind of new information that's come at us. And I feel like a lot of us, as we've taught, we might've done 
things that don't completely align to the science of reading. And we're learning now and we're kind of adjusting. And that's what we do as teachers and parents. So can you tell us a little bit about what led you to start diving into the science of reading? Absolutely. So I, I've always been really curious about reading. This is kind of where I got my start, you know, 20 years ago into education. And so it's something really, really fascinating to me. But I recently was having Natalie Wexler on my podcast, and she had done this, um, wrote an incredible book called um, The Knowledge Gap. And that was really, really interesting. And then I kind of got further into, you know, some podcasts and and just different things and just became really fascinated with the science of, of reading. And on my podcast, we, we talk about brain development and, the, and go into science around that. Anyway, and so it was just really fascinating to me to see how the brain actually works. And the more I get into it, the more interested I get. And, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's so neat to see um, some of the things that that felt natural and seemed like the right thing to do and then see science backing that up and then see maybe some places where there's room for growth and and some adjustment and and pretty, you know, just simple things we can do to kind of just switch it up just a little bit to make it so much more um, effective in using a child's brain and meeting their brains where they're at. And so I love that. Yes. So what neuroscience and brain scans what are they showing us about how kids learn how to read? Well, so this is this was so interesting to me, and I'm, I'm kind of nerding out about this, right? Because I think for a long time, we've had maybe some cognitive science around reading, but I feel like neuroscience of reading is a little bit newer. <laughs> and just this brain scans that they're doing, and they can see what's happening. It's so fascinating. So what they're telling us, the neuroscientists, is that um, – our brains weren't really developed or don't really like reading is, is new enough, you know, it developed, you know, maybe 5,000 years ago or something, but it's new enough to the evolution of human brains that there's really not a part of our brain that is meant for reading. And so we have like our visual system where our eyes work and we have our auditory system, right? But, but we kind of have to like hotwire them to like create a space that works for reading. <laughs> so I thought that was so fascinating and, and interesting. And so we, we really have to kind of um, to create some new neural networks and, and kind of just make it work. And I just kind of love the hot wiring idea. So as they're scanning brains, they can see this happening and they can watch the actual growth in the brain where they can see you building connections between the visual system and the auditory system of your brain to create a space that is like reading, like kind of a hijacked reading system. And so, and it, and it grows, of course, as we help children become better and better at it as they continue to read and become more fluent and more, you know capable of reading, um, that just grows and grows and grows. And so, and they're watching it happen, which is so neat. How cool is that? That we can just like watch that happen in the brain. It's fascinating. It's so fascinating. And I was reading about this not too long ago too. And it's kind of like a lot of teachers and parents thought that just like reading was something kids are just naturally going to learn. Like with talking, it's like, you know, we know they're going to learn how to, how to talk and communicate in the language they're surrounded with. So just hand them a book and they're going to eventually figure it out. But like you said, it's not like part of our brains. It wasn't developed for that. And I found that super fascinating. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Cause we, I think we just kind of thought it was like similar and, and, but no, there's a part of our brain that is like our auditory or language part of our brain. And it's, there's not one of those for reading. So we kind of have to make it, <laughs> which 
which is cool. And it's cool that our brains can do that. Neuroplasticity, right? It's amazing that we can grow our brains to do things like that. It's fascinating. The brain is so fascinating. I love like what I've learned about it, like doing my coaching certification and everything, but I know there's so much more to learn. And I know you do a lot of that on your podcast too, which is an incredible resource to learn about, especially for the kid brains and like teaching them and how, how it works. We talked about the neuroscience. What about the cognitive science? What is that telling us about the different parts of reading? So that one's really interesting because I think that's kind of more what we've been talking about for for longer, uh, for more time, right? Um, and as we're looking at how children, you know, learn to read and what the pieces are, and there's there's some really great resources on that. I think one of the ones that we hear a lot about is Scarborough's Rope, right? Where there's the different pieces of there's language comprehension and word recognition, right? And they kind of work together to create a really effective reader. And so there's all the different parts of that, right? So in language comprehension, you have to have the background knowledge. And that was, um, if you've read Natalie Wexler's book, that one's so good. She's, she was on my podcast. It was episode 13 talking about some of that. It's, it's, it was just mind boggling, um, to kind of hear some of what she had to say. Um, vocabulary, um, really, really important language structure, verbal reasoning, literacy knowledge. So those are kind of the pieces that are language comprehension. And then there's word recognition, which is more of the phonological awareness, decoding, sight recognition, right? And so there's all these different pieces that kind of come together to help uh, make an effective reader. And so the cognitive science is, is more just kind of around these different pieces and how they work together and watching behavior, I think more than where the neuroscience is kind of looking at the actual like scans of your brain and the the actual growth changes in your brain as you're kind of focusing on different parts of this. And so that's, it's really neat that we have both sides of that science where we can look at the behavioral things and, and see years of testing of, of how, you know, when you have more knowledge, right, around a topic, we know that kids with background knowledge are going going to be much better readers. You know, they say that um, reading tests are actually knowledge tests. <laughs> and so if you know about the topic, right, then you're going to do really well on the test as long as you have basic decoding skills, right? As whereas you, if you don't have background knowledge, right? And so this all kind of comes into play into building a really strong reader. And then of course, you know, the, the being able to decode and the, you know, the phonics and the phonemic awareness and all that, those are all important parts and you need them all. And, and so then we talk about strategy around that and how to bring that all together to kind of support and help build readers. Right. And, and it's just, it's really neat to kind of have all these different pieces. Really interesting thing I found, I don't know if you've kind of found this as you've been looking into the science of reading, is it actually kind of, it's a little different than what we were doing before, like, as far as like our awareness of like how kids learn and whatever, but it actually kind of is like, oh, that makes sense now. It's kind of like clicking about like maybe why something wasn't working because maybe, oh, they weren't able to comprehend because they were, yeah, they could decode it, but they, you know, it was too challenging them to actually comprehend it because of the other parts of all of it that comes together. Yeah. And I think having it broken down into these pieces and really focusing on, and, and, and I always like to give lots of grace, you know, as we're like learning and growing. Right. And I think, you know, when we go into people, some of the, some of the structure that's been in the schools for a long time or how we've been, you know, maybe taught to teach people to read. And then now we're finding some of those things didn't fit with cognitive science ever. Right. And so, and it's kind of frustrating. You're like, oh shoot, like, <laughs> well, if I'd only known, right, I could have done it a little bit differently. But I think, 
I think it is really interesting to kind of learn these pieces and then be able to 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 take them in and start using them. So, you know, for example, maybe spending less time on comprehension strategies and spending more time on, you know, because those tend to actually develop more naturally, right? And and spending instead time doing actual things that will build comprehension as opposed to just teaching strategy, right? Because we know that doesn't work. And then and that we have learned that reading doesn't come naturally, right? So we do need to spend some good quality time on building phonemic awareness and and that um, systematic phonics instruction. And so and yeah, a lot of it does make so much sense. And then there's these pieces, right? Like helping build background knowledge and vocabulary. And 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 the vocabulary piece itself is just so interesting because there's so many words that we have to to teach kids so that they know what they are, right? And and the orthographic mapping and all, I mean, just all the different pieces. There's so much going on. Um, but there, but now that we're kind of really learning and and bringing more science into it. There's so many strategies that are simple, like completely different way of teaching sight words where you're putting them into, um, they're not necessarily word families, but putting them into like short vowel sound, you know, groups and, and, you know, you can kind of group them together in ways that make more sense than just here's the next five. You need to memorize these, right? (laughs) And kind of teaching children to kind of network words. Or, um, I was listening to a fascinating podcast episode the other day and, and around um, how to teach vocabulary and and doing it in groups and clusters instead of um, just like a list of 20 vocabulary words, but take that one word and then all the words around it, right? And helping children learn how to um, recognize that a piece of that word and other words and kind of help try to build vocabulary faster using these different kinds of activities. Because if we're only doing, you know, so many a week, we're just not going to get kids caught up to the level of vocabulary that they need to be able to read the the texts that we want them to be able to read, right? But it's so cool when you kind of break it down like that and help them kind of like we're doing in systematic phonics instruction and break down teaching children how to find sounds and, and be able to manipulate them and and kind of you just play with sounds and words and, and tear them apart and put them together and be able to, you know, decode so beautifully, right? But we're also doing that with with vocabulary and can you break apart a word and find where it's connected and with with other words and what words might be similar and all these different kinds of things. And so that that vocabulary instruction and then you pair it with, you know, the um, trying to build background knowledge and what that can look like. And anyway, there's just so many pieces and and I just find it more and more fascinating the more I get into it. And it's just fun. Yeah, it's really, really fascinating. And there are so many I love all the ideas you shared. There are so many little things we can do like that, that will help students so much. And, I, but I love what you touched on with like giving yourself grace, because I don't think it's ever helpful for us to like beat ourselves up about something we might've done with the knowledge we had at that time. Like what good does that do? And it doesn't even mean like we were teaching students how to read and a lot of them were getting it. And it's just like, here are some ways we can improve. And as teachers, I really believe, you know, parents who are teaching your children, if you're homeschooling or whatever, we are lifelong learners too. So it's like, if there's more information and we want to learn how to do it better, then, you know, I'm all for that. And then you can just do a little bit at a time, like, like, okay, here's how I can tweak this. And then once you have that down, I can tweak this. Like you don't want to feel like all of a sudden you have to change everything all at once. 
Yes, I think that's so true. And I think when we do maybe smaller things, we're we're able to be a slightly more consistent, which is much more impactful than just being like, hi, oh, I'm going to change everything. And then we're tired. <laughs> <Didn't really laughs> then we're tired. Work. Yes. <laughs> is that real? Um, that's real in my life. So yeah, I think I think it's so valuable to take pieces and and work on pieces. And then and always and and I think it never hurts too to kind of recognize both in ourselves because we're also trying to share this in children, right? Growth mindset. We are growing all the time. Of course we're growing. If we were if we had everything perfect the first time, then why did we even get up this morning, right? Like we have room to grow and so we're going to keep going. And and we're, you know, we have our amazing play-based reading program, Play to Read, and it's it's fantastic. It's an incredible program. And yet as I'm studying more and more about the science of reading, we're gonna up level it and add even more awesomeness to it. And and I think that that's that's so good too to just keep moving forward and 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 every time we learn more things, we just make it better and better and better. And yeah, so I think we're all doing that. Good job, everybody. Let's keep going. Hey teachers, if you are always on the hunt for engaging math games, purposeful practice, and ways to motivate your students so they can actually enjoy math, you will definitely want to check out digitalmathgames.com. This site offers a growing library of online ad-free games for kids in grades three through six that are self-checking so there's no prep or grading for you. If you are excited about the possibilities, head on over to digitalmathgames.com to get started with a 14-day free trial. That's right, you and your students can test it out for free for two weeks. Just go to digitalmathgames.com to get started. Well, this is kind of really interesting because um, I was listening to a neuroscientist talk about um, the brain and what's happening inside the brain. And they were talking about how they can watch in with brain scans growth in a very specific, like tiny area. So they were talking about, um, you know, working with... Um, phonemes and, and sounds and then, you know, phonics and kind of like this breaking apart and putting words back together and all, you know, the different sounds pieces. And they were talking about how when you focus in really, really tight, um, you can, when you're, when you're doing that, it changes how your brain is growing. And so they can literally sit there and watch um, with brain scans, right? They can see growth in very specific tiny spots in the brain based on where you're focusing attention. And so they were they were talking about the importance of um, spending some really specific time, you know, maybe 15 minutes or you know a day or something, whatever you have, to really really get tight in on specific strategy to build up that. Um, that part of the brain. And it was interesting because they were saying a lot of times we talk about our brains like they're a muscle. And um, and I think I've used that terminology before. <laughs> and they said it's actually not really a muscle um, and that it's, it's not something like um, it's going to get um, – stronger and stronger, you know, just by using it. But what you really want to do is actually focus in and, and build in specific areas, um, to, to be able to do specific processes and specific things. And so you have to rewire it and work on specific circuits. If you're trying to build an ability to do something that the brain doesn't naturally do. And so hyper-focus, right? So one of the things they talked about hyper-focus on was hyper-focus on rhyming, spending a lot of time on rhyming, right? And you're building that um, system, right? Around rhyming. And so um, just kind of picking like, um, just being aware maybe as teachers, right. 
that we want to spend time if, if we have a specific skill that we know is needed to really focus on taking that, that like hyper-focused time <laughs> and doing, um, you know, that really detailed attention in, in a, you know, small amounts, right. That are, that are developmentally appropriate for our kids. And then what happens too, is then it goes, you know, kind of into that more diversive attention afterwards where it kind of spreads around in their brain and is working and doing its thing back in the back. Right. But we, but we spent that hyper-focused time, started building the wiring there. Right. And then, um, and then it just kind of builds, um, that way. But it, but if we're just assuming that like the more we hand them a book, the better they're going to be able to read. I mean, and to some degree, possibly, right? But but if we can actually go and focus in on these detailed activities, right, like rhyming or you know breaking apart the the word into different sounds and teaching them how sound groups work and things like that, right? Then then they develop those skills, and um, and the wiring is literally built, and they can find it on brain scans, and then children develop these abilities to be able to do decoding at a really, really high level, which is great. And then of course we add in other kinds of activities that help build similar things in, you know, and the, um, comprehension side as well. And so, and it all kind of works together and they become phenomenal accomplished expert readers that can then go and read all the amazing books and, and it's wonderful. And this is all so fascinating, Amy. I love everything that you shared with our listeners today about the science of reading. And I bet you're talking about this even more over on your podcast, right? If they want to like learn more. Yeah. So we talk about a variety of things over there. So we're going to be bringing on some more reading experts. And we talk about, um, I, I love my, po- my podcast is kind of just a space to learn about um, what's happening in kids' brains, right? And how to raise healthy kid brains. So, so we do talk about learning. We talk about reading and some of this stuff. And then we also bring on neuroscientists and we bring in um, child psychologists and we bring in brain therapists and they talk about just different pieces of brain development. So sometimes we're talking about music and sometimes we're talking about emotional regulation and we're talking about lots of different pieces of that. And it is the funnest thing ever. I, I just have learned so much myself. And what's really interesting is I'll have guests come on, um, to interview and, you know, they'll have multiple master's degrees and have been doing this for 20 years. And they're like, I've been listening to your podcast and I'm learning so much. And I'm thinking, awesome. (laughs) Like, that is a good sign right there. We're doing something right. But yeah, it's it's just really, really fun. And so, yeah, we do talk about reading there, but we we talk about some other pieces as well. That's awesome. And I'm really excited that you're also speaking at Educate and Rejuvenate too. We're so honored and excited to have you again for the second year you're joining us. Yes. So excited. What will you be teaching about there? Can you tell everybody? I'm going to be talking more about reading. We're going to be going into a little bit more detail around the science of reading and sharing just more of what I've learned and some more um, activity ideas and specific things that that I've been learning about there because I think it's really critical. And uh, I mean, obviously in schools, some of the main things we're focusing on are reading and um, and math, right? And so I, I love the idea of being able to share more about the science of reading. So that's what I'm going to be talking about. Um, and I'm so excited because it was so fun to be uh, a speaker, a presenter last year and had a lot of fun with that. So I'm excited to come back. 
Yeah, and we're really excited. It's going to be like last year in that we have a Facebook group and that we're going to have like a post for each presenter. But this year we're like, okay, we want everybody engaging with all the presenters and everything. So there will be giveaways for every single presentation. So like if you watch Amy's session and comment either like with a question or like just saying, Amy, you're amazing. Thank you so much for this or whatever. You'll be entered to win. I think it's like a $5 Starbucks gift card or something that we're going to do for each one. So it's going to be a lot of fun because we want to bring everyone together. Like it's not just us talking at you, but it's like us communicating together, like you and the presenters. I mean, we have a few live portions, but the majority of them are pre-recorded. So you can do it whenever it works for you. You can do it while you're like outside and your kids are playing or whatever. So it's a lot of fun. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I um, have a tremendous number of weeds in my yard that I could like weed and listen at the same time. That might be, <laughs> that's kind of my thing right now and will be all summer. I know we're getting into that like spring cleaning and it's like, oh, we got to like trim our rose bushes and like all the different things that you, you know, you got to do right now. So it's that time. I know, but it's amazing to have like audio that we can listen to like your podcast or, you know, the educate rejuvenate and you can listen and, you know, maybe do something at the same time. I love things like that because then I feel super, super useful and also get to learn. And anyway, it's one of my favorite things. Where else can our listeners connect with you online? And I think you also mentioned an awesome freebie you have available too. We do. Yes. So, um, so the podcast is raising healthy kid brains and we'd love to have you come on and listen with us there. It's amazing. Um, my site is planningplaytime.com. And if you go to planningplaytime.com, you'll get one of those little pop-ups and we try not to do annoying version of pop-ups. It's just one and you can, um, enter your email address and we'll send you a really fun 26 page alphabet freebie to kind of just get your, your younger kiddos, um, working on their alphabet. So that one's really, really fun. And then also you'll find links there to our programs. We have our mommy and me preschool program. That's incredible as well as our reading program, which has just already changed lives and we're loving it so much. Um, and that, or you can go directly to it. It's play to read fun.com is the, the link for that reading program. I love that it's play to read fun. That's perfect. <laughs> it is because I think one of the things that that um, that people have been trying to solve, and and we've gone to all these different strategies for teaching kids to read over the last hundred years. Um, when people kind of moved away from phonics and into all these other strategies. And it was because phonics is kind of monotonous and it's very repetitive and it's kind of boring and it's a struggle. It's it's not fun. It's very hard. And and so we've tried all these other things, right? And and We've done a lot of scientific research, right, in the last 20 years, and we've come all the way back to phonics. <laughs> we know it's really important. Um, and then I'm sitting here thinking, okay, so great. We have phonics. This is amazing. Um, it, but it's we have some of the same challenges we had, you know, 100 years ago. So um, instead of maybe trying to change phonics, why don't we just make it fun? And so that's what we've done, and it's very play-based. And so you can learn to read through play and also get that systematic phonics instruction. And, um, and it's very sensory and hands-on and play-based and it's amazing. So yeah, it, that's why we call it play to read fun.com. Yeah. So fun. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Amy. It was so great to have you. And for all of you listening, I hope that you join Amy and I at educate and rejuvenate It's going to be so much fun. And I will talk to you very soon on the next episode. Wasn't that interview amazing? 
Amy is so talented. She knows so much. She's so humble, but she really is just so incredible. I would recommend checking out her podcast and her website, but she is just one of many incredible talented guests who will be joining us at Educate and Rejuvenate. And I've been loving interviewing so many of these amazing people. When we all come together and share our strengths, it just helps everybody to lift each other up. And you know, I have certain strengths and other speakers have other strengths. We come together for you and we even help each other. Like everybody who's an attendee gets to chat together in the Facebook group. I love that there's a community component. And I really would love for you to be at the event. I mean, I just really would. If you don't have a ticket yet, if you're not in the club, I want you to be there. So today I have something for you. So for a limited time, if you leave a review on this podcast on Apple podcasts and send it to us, you can email us or send us a DM on Instagram at wife teacher mommy. We will send you a $5 code that you can use on anything, including a ticket to educate and rejuvenate. Or if you already have a ticket, you could put it towards, you know, a resource or upgrading your ticket to platinum pass. And it can even be put towards future renewals to wife teacher mommy club. So if you're already a member, it can go on to your next month's or next annual or quarterly payment. So we really appreciate you taking just a few minutes to leave a review. All you need to do is go to the show on Apple Podcasts, scroll down, leave a rating. I mean, I was going to say five-star rating, but it doesn't have to be five stars, obviously. We'd love for you to leave an honest rating and review on the show. And then when you do, take a screenshot, send it to us and... I would recommend taking that screenshot before you hit submit because sometimes it takes a couple of days to show up. So just so you don't have to like remember to go back and find it again, then we will send you a code. It'll be within 24 hours on a business day. We're usually pretty good at getting back to you. We'll send you a code that you can use on the ticket or on anything else. Or if you already are a member, we'll just go ahead and apply it to your membership. That's all you need to do. So we would appreciate that. And I hope to see you at Educate and Rejuvenate. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you're ready to take the next step, come grab your ticket to join me at Educate Amber Juvenate, the education event of the year on June 27th and 28th, 2023. This year, we have two incredible live keynotes, Joe Dombrowski, aka Mr. D, and best-selling author and video creator, Christina Kuzmich. We have over 60 incredible speakers speaking on topics such as math, language arts, reading, social-emotional learning, classroom management, homeschooling, and tackling burnout. We start the day with a workout together each morning. We have panels with the presenters, and you'll even get to join live life coaching with me and even raise your hand if you would like to be coached. Plus, we give away tons of prizes throughout the event too. It is the best PD you could ever attend. And all of this is happening from the comfort of your own home. It's just $19 for a ticket and past attendees have said that this is what finally lit a fire under them to enjoy teaching again and that it was well worth every penny. Go to educateandrejuvenate.com to learn more about the 2023 event. Or if you're listening to this later, that link will show you what's up next as we will continue to do events like this. I hope to see you at Educate and Rejuvenate.